Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Live on tape from the Ed Sullivan Theater in New York City, it's Stephen Welcome, welcome everybody in here, out there, to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. Now, anyone who's been paying close attention to the news over the last couple years might have noticed American democracy's looking a little rickety. <laughs> Tell you who noticed, Joe Biden. <laughs> That's why today he hosted something called the Summit for Democracy. It's a democracy convention. It's DemCon. Armies of nerds descending on Washington, one of the panels being hosted by a guy cosplaying as sexy Magna Carta. <laughs> I think it's a fine idea. But I'm not sure we're the country to be hosting it. These days, a U.S. president lecturing the world about stable democracy is like Andy Cohen hosting the Rational Discourse Among Sober Housewives <laughs> Summit. <laughs> Biden kicked off the virtual summit early this morning. Democracy. Government of the people, by the people, for the people, can at times be fragile, but it also is inherently resilient. It's capable of self-correction and it's capable of self-improvement. And yes, democracy's hard. We all know that. Do we, though, Joe? <laughs> it's like he's saying all the right things, but he kind of seems like the kind grandpa who's moved in because mom and dad have gone away for a while and doesn't really understand where the family's at right now. He, he's reminding the kids about the basics. Dinner's at six, face and hands wash, say grace first, while ignoring the cockfighting ring they have set up in the family room. <laughs> now, if you want proof that our democracy is truly troubled, you can look no further than the United States Senate, where yesterday, in the middle of a huge COVID spike, they voted to overturn Biden's vaccine mandates for businesses. I think the U.S. Senate is trying to kill us. Next, they're going to make restaurants change the sign in the bathroom to employees must massage raw chicken before returning to work. Now, let's hear... Two Democrats joined all 50 Republicans to pass the repeal, but the House is never going to pass it. And even if they did, Biden wouldn't sign it. So the vote was largely symbolic. That symbol? Calvin peeing on a syringe. <laughs> One of the bill's supporters was Wisconsin Senator Ron Johnson, 
seen here moments before the swarm of locusts flew out of his mouth. <laughs> Senator Johnson held a teletown hall last night, and he had, and I'm being generous here, thoughts about how to treat and prevent the spread of COVID. There are things you can do, again, vitamin D, you know, zinc, uh, keep yourself healthy, uh, vitamin C. By the way, uh, standard gargle, uh, mouthwash, uh, has been proven to kill the coronavirus. Even if you get it, if you're, you, know, you may reduce viral replication. Okay. That is wrong. <laughs> and very specific. He sounds like a guy who has a colleague with bad breath who won't take the hint. Uh, you know what else kills COVID? Deodorant. Not the natural kind, nothing fancy. I'm just talking about men in speed stick, okay? <laughs> Try it, Ted Cruz. I mean, anyone. Try it. Try it, anyone in the Senate. Now... Uh, actual doctors were quick to point out that most coronavirus infections actually occur through the nose, and that even if gargling mouthwash kills some of the virus, it won't be able to clean the nasal area. That is true. But if you want something that does, try Stephen Colbert's vodka neti pot. <laughs> Your nose is gonna get crumped. Mm -hmm. Doesn't work. It doesn't work. But okay. democracy is also broken uh, overseas. Take the scandal swirling around Finnish Prime Minister and Scandinavian Gilmore girl, <laughs> Sana Marin. Marin got herself in some hot water on Saturday when she learned that a close contact had tested positive for the coronavirus, then still proceeded to party at a Helsinki nightclub until 4 a.m. Come on, Madam Prime Minister. A nightclub is the worst place to go if you might have COVID. What's that? You think I might have David? I can't hear you. Put your mouth right against my face and yell. Is this my drink? Whatever. Let's make out. <laughs> Part of the problem was that uh, Myron thought she had been cleared to go out, but then missed a text message telling her to quarantine because she had left her work phone at home during her night out. Yeah, she just left it at home because when you're the Prime Minister of Finland, there are no emergencies. <laughs> Madam Prime Minister, we need you in the Situation Room immediately. The reindeer have invaded the licorice fields. <laughs> Marin has since tested negative for COVID, but people in Finland are still upset that she wasn't more careful, which is why on Monday she apologized for not double-checking the COVID procedures, writing, I am very sorry for not understanding that I needed to do that. <laughs> in other words, she's... Sorry for party rocking. Speaking... Sure. Sure. It's happening. It's got a club hey. feel. Mm -hmm. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of COVID, researchers have just released a study finding that in addition to your heart and lungs, the coronavirus attacks fat tissue. Not fair, COVID. <laughs> You're the reason we were trapped for a year inside eating chicken pot pies with spoons made out of Twix bars. <laughs> what was that? Were you just Hansel and Gretling us? According to the study, COVID can infect fat cells directly. Okay, but what about big bone cells? <laughs> or I'm working on it cells. Oh, hey, this is interesting. Anyone out there enjoy colors? No one. No. Don't. I don't want any pity responses. I've got some big news for color lovers, though, because 
Pantone has unveiled their color of the year for 2022. My money was on Paul Rudd. <laughs> Turns out I was wrong because for the first time ever, Pantone chose a brand new color of their creation called Very Perry. Although, based on that image, they should have called it Monsters Inc. Pubes. <laughs> That's, it looked a little, it looked a little, yes. Pantone claims the new color blends the faithfulness and constancy of blue with the energy and excitement of red and the already existingness of purple. It's purple. They made purple. They make it as purple. The company also said the new hue was a symbol of the global zeitgeist of the moment and the transition we are going through. Well, if they really wanted to capture the moment we're going through, they should have gone with aqua. <laughs> oh, aqua. <laughs> oh, we have an update on yesterday's top story when the Fox News Christmas tree was set on fire. Okay, I want you to know that is in no way a metaphor for Fox News. <laughs> that would be a dumpster fire. <laughs> Fox News. Fox News is, of course, still talking about it. Uh, the latest on this is they caught the arsonist. He is a homeless man with some mental health issues who had three prior arrests. And last week, the same man exposed himself outside the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. Oh, come on! Why did he have to go and make the Jeffrey Epstein story gross? <laughs> the man has been charged with a host of crimes, including arson and criminal trespass. But under the new bail laws in New York, he was released, and the Fox and Friends were not happy. His charges were not eligible for bail under these new liberal reform laws. That's right, because arson is only a felony if the suspect tries to harm a person or commits a hate right. crime. Who says it's not a hate crime against us, against Fox News? Yes. Yes, yes. It's clearly a hate crime against a historically marginalized group. Morons. <laughs> Fox Lives Matter. Uh-huh. Fox Lives Matter. Look at that. I'll say it. Fox uh, Lives Matter. FLM. According to Tucker Carlson, this is not an isolated incident of some disturbed rando lighting their tree on fire. There seems to be quite a bit of Christmas tree destroying going on all of a sudden. What does it mean? Generally, it means you have a cat. <laughs> and folks... Ladies and gentlemen, we will stay on this story as long as it... And I'm being told the story's over because <laughs> this evening, Fox News was somehow able to do what everyone said they could and got a new tree, <laughs> which is lovely. That's nice. I love Christmas trees. Everybody loves Christmas trees. Except that one guy. <laughs> and, of course, Emperor Hirohito. <laughs> now, what do I mean by that? I have no idea. <laughs> and neither does this man of God who opened the tree relighting ceremony with these mouth sounds. 80 years ago this week, uh, they tried to extinguish the darkness at a place called Pearl Harbor. And by extinguish the darkness, of course, I mean blow up the Pacific fleet in broad daylight. <laughs> and what did we do? We didn't fold then, 
and we won't fold now. Because the Japanese are better at folding things than we are. It's called origami, and Tojo and his boys want to turn our Christmas wrapping paper into decorative cranes. But why am I here? Somebody asked me, why are you here? I'm here because these colors don't run. But they do blink in a festive way. And every year when you take these colors down, you plug them in before you put them away to make sure that they still work for next year. But then next year, when you take them out to put them on the tree, one of the strings is burned out, and you have to figure out which one it is and then run down to CVS to get a fresh string. But the new string you buy isn't quite the same color as the one from the years before. Because now, because now, my fellow Americans, because now, ladies and gentlemen, because now, as God is my witness, they're all LED. D lights and you have to throw everything away and start over. You win this time, Hitler! You win this time! Coming up, meanwhile. Are you ready for an all new season of Survivor? You better be because Survivor 46 is here and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, Divya Dars. What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did, what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast, and to ask Jeff some questions because... Even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. I'm quite thrilled. I get to talk to a lovely guest in just a moment. I got the cards right here for Mr. Michael B. Jordan. In yeah. the house. Yeah. 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 We'd have to check the rafters in here, have an engineer brought in to check for some structural sexy damage. Oh, yeah, yeah. He yeah, brings yeah. the sexy so hard, he can't control it. Yeah, it's in the house. The He's like the sexy king. Yeah. You know, folks, I spend most of my time standing right over there, going over the day's news and selecting the finest, most topical carbon fiber stories, shaping them in dry dock into a sleek and sexy hull. Kidding it out with the most topical fiberglass antique fittings, brass railings, hot tubs, and news helipads to create the custom-designed gleaming mega-yacht that is my nightly monologue. But sometimes, just sometimes, folks, I, I wash ashore at an abandoned beach resort after a night of bath salts and scopolamine, <laughs> lash some rotting picnic tables together, then dredge the news pond to haul up whatever discarded tricycles and broken frisbees I can find, Steal an eye patch from a hobo, staple a dead pigeon to my shoulder, and sail into international waters on the pirate garbage scow of news that is my segment. <laughs> Meanwhile, that is a soothing, that's an antibiotic for the nation's wounds. Topical. Meanwhile, you all know how I like to have fun with Gwyneth Paltrow's offerings on her website, Goop. And by have fun with, obviously, I mean be amazed at the almost total lack of legal repercussions for. <laughs> well, every Christmas, her goopiness puts out a fun little holiday promotional video 
And this year, she included a nice surprise for yours truly. Forgot how to host after taking the holidays off last year? Brush up on the basics with Gwyneth's Guide to Holiday Etiquette. Gifting good gifts is an art. Rule of thumb, not all gifts fit into a box. She's giving me a candle that smells like her orgasm. <laughs> Regift! Either way, sounds like the ultimate stocking stuffer. So, thank you, Gwyneth, not only for the lovely present, but for the legal precedent when my luxury brand, Covington House, gets sued for fraud. Your Honor, if Gwyneth can sell hormone-balancing jade vagina eggs, then surely I can sell mood-enhancing granite butt marbles. <laughs> butt marbles. Please butt marble responsibly. Meanwhile, scientists believe they've answered the question, can an athlete's blood enhance brain power? After researchers injected sedentary mice with blood from mice that ran for miles on exercise wheels and found that the sedentary mice then did better on tests of learning and memory. You hear that, Tom Brady? I told you that keeping you in my basement to harvest your hemoglobin was for science. <laughs> what am I doing? You can't hear that. I didn't give you a TV down there. <laughs> Just a couple more quarts, Tom. Hit the Bowflex. <laughs> Meanwhile, dozens of camels have been barred from a Saudi beauty contest over Botox. I am so sick of camels being held to unrealistic beauty standards. <laughs> it's gotten so bad, some of them even tried to lose weight by smoking. <laughs> Meanwhile, a pizzeria in Thailand unveiled an unusual menu item this week, cannabis pizza. Now that is a good business model. Got the munchies? Order our pizza. Ate our pizza? Order our pizza. <laughs> and they're not messing around. This THC Thai pie has cannabis infused into the cheese and crust. There's chopped cannabis in the dipping sauce. Even comes topped with a giant marijuana leaf. <laughs> and here's the weird part. Marijuana is actually still illegal in Thailand, so the amount of THC in any given product must not exceed 0.2% of its total weight. And the parlor owner told reporters, of course they cannot get high. It's just a marketing campaign. That is the worst slogan since Nike's just do it or don't. It's a bunch of hooey to sell shoes. <laughs> we'll be right back with Michael B. Jordan. So, ladies and gentlemen, my guest tonight is an actor you know from Creed, Just Mercy, and Black Panther. His new film is A Journal for Jordan. Ah, there we go. Little head. The sex. Yes. <laughs> it's a boy. <laughs> I knew it just a boy. Oh, what's up, little fella? How you doing? It's Papa. <laughs> I knew it was a boy. I knew it. <laughs> Please welcome back to the Late Show, Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> Feels so good being back. 
in front of like an audience. Had you not? Have you not been in front of audiences yet? I have yet? not. I have well, welcome, welcome. Yeah. Awesome. This is a friendly. Yeah. Welcome to Friendly Confines. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Nice to see you again. It's, been, always... it's a little bit since you've been here. Always like talking to you. A couple years. Now listen, uh, you were 2020's sexiest man alive. Thank you. Thank you. And there was a, that was a lot of responsibility to be sexiest man that year for 2020. It was a difficult year, and we had to look to you for sexy leadership. Thank you. I, I for that entire year. Just how, how heavy weighs the crown? I mean, well, I hope I, you know, lived up to my responsibilities. And um, Do you ever as... look back on the year and say to yourself, I had a lot of hopes and dreams, but what did I accomplish for the sexy community this year? The... It was only been two weeks. So, I mean, I, ju I just got dethroned. Oh, oh so Yes, yes, so it's still yeah. fresh. It's still right. fresh. In my mind, I'm still... Sexiest man. Did you have Hello. you called Paul Rudd? Have you called Paul Rudd to give him any sexy advice or anything? Yeah, he actually doesn't return my calls or anything like that. He's he's been completely different. He's on a he, different sexy plane right now. Different level. He's changed. I'm actually gonna sabotage him. I'm thinking about sending him a bunch of baked goods, you know, pastries, things, Dude. carbs of that nature. Well, now that you're no longer officially <laughs> the sexiest man alive, is are, have you let yourself go? Is this you letting yourself go? <laughs> I'm on my point. way out the door. I'm one burger I, away. I was thinking of wearing a skin-tight mock turtleneck, <laughs> too, but... I almost walked out here in a full, uh, like, leather uh, parka jacket, because you guys keep it so cold. We keep it fresh. It is we so do. Cool. I like we keep it. the audience... It's like, a, it's like a vegetable crisper in here. <laughs> I like the audience to be able to snap like celery out here. Now, okay, you're 34 years old, but you've been working... When did you start on The Wire was your first gig, right? No, a little bit before The Wire. There's a movie called Black and White, but my, mm. my first television show that I, that I did was uh, The Wire, and I was around... <laughs> 15? I was 15 years old. 15 years old. 15? Is this... How, how old are you here? Is this... Is this around Oh, that? man. I, I was... That's... That's before The Wire. That's like 12... That. 13? Mm -hmm. That's like 12, 13. I ain't got a little dirt on the upper lip, so... <laughs> I, I just... This just came in. This just came in. I, I, I had no future of uh, a beard in that picture right there. Now, a lot of parents get nervous about their kids going into uh, into acting mm. or per performing of any kind. Were your parents all on board from the beginning, or were they like, uh, what are you doing? This is a tough life. My mom is an artist, so she was, you know, pro-acting, uh, you know, mm. just artistic vibe. My dad's a Marine, so he was work ethic, hard work. You got to be serious about something. Mm -hmm. So I had to kind of thread the needle between between the two. And did, did, when did he come around? It came around when my mom couldn't go to a set. Uh, uh, it was a print job for, uh, like, Doritos. It was like a Doritos, you know, print ad or something like that. My mom couldn't go, so my dad took me. And I was under the weather. I was a little sick. And when he saw me on set and saw how the rest of the adults on set treated me and my work ethic, he finally was like, you know what? My son is actually taking this seriously. He's actually, no, he's, he's a professional right now. Because you drove through the sickness. Because I drove through the sickness. I was like throwing up one minute, you know, resting. Because at this time we were using, you know, you know a, state, a location's house. I was throwing up, I was sleeping, and then as soon as they called action, I got up and went over there to the set and I uh, shot the job. And then when they yelled cut, I went back over there, threw up, and went to sleep again. So when were he saw that. Were you eating Doritos this entire time? I, I, it, I had a spit bucket at that point. Because at that point, on yeah. take, you know. Sure. That paints a picture. That, yeah. that paints a picture uh -huh, up here. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, now, in 2022, is the, the B in Michael B. Jordan is going to stand for big in 2022 uh, because there's a lot coming for you this yes, year. Sir. This is a very exciting one. You will be starring in and directing Creed 3. Yes. And... 
why did you choose this film for your directorial debut? Is it is familiarity with the world and the character and the fact that you could say, I'm directing this next day? <laughs> all of the above. Okay. <laughs> I think it was one of those things where I just felt comfortable. I knew it was going to be a risk. I'm super excited to get, to get behind the camera. But, you know, from two projects, you know, the first two movies, finally having an opinion and, 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 and having a story that I wanted to tell, you know, mm -hmm. execute the vision that I saw in my head. So, you know, from the second one to the third one, I called Ryan up and he was like, man, you're ready for it. Just do it. Ryan Coogler. What, what's that? Okay, so uh, has he given you any advice? A lot, lots of advice. Prep. Like, I'm in prep right now. So just basically, you know, uh, uh, figure out your shot list. Get a storyboard artist. Start boarding the shots, which is pretty much like a comic book that's laid out that kind of gives you your, what shots you actually need once you start filming. And, uh, and for me, that saves me. It's going to save me so much time. So I'm not there on the day worried about, okay, where am I going to put the camera, where am I going to put my actors. So that's something that I, I'm taking with me every day when I, when I go on these location scouts. And, that was a, and basically trust the people that are around you to, to help you out. You don't have to shoulder it all on your own. When you're in front of the camera acting, you can't watch the playback all the time. So sometimes you don't know exactly what you have. So you need your other producers, you need your director of photography to tell you, like, hey, Mike, you got it, you need to move on. So that's kind of some of the wisdom and gems that he kind of gave me. What, okay, you've been directed by a bunch of people at this point. <laughs> what kind of director do you want to be? Because I'm sure you've worked with a bunch of different kinds of directors. Like, what do you think the director's job is in relationship to the actor? Uh, as an actor, I think creating an environment that they feel safe and they can take risks. I, I want to have fun when I go when I go to set. I want to be able to experiment and try things. So to be able to have an environment where everybody wants to come to work and wants to show up and mm -hmm. wants to give you their best, that's what kind of like leadership I want to um, kind of invoke on my on my cast and crew. This is a a, 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 a minor but a really influential thing. Are you going to be a director who yells action and cut, or are you going to be like? In your own time. <laughs> Find the moment. When you're ready, we're rolling. Go. I never thought about it, but I think I'm going to try that. I, 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 I didn't know which one I was going to be, but you made it sound really cool right then, so I think I'm going to try it. <laughs> take your time. It's okay. <laughs> Whatever. It's your world. I'm just here. We're just capturing it. We have to take a quick break, but stick around. We'll be right back with more Michael B. Jordan, everybody. <laughs> We're back with Michael B. Jordan. You're starring in the new film, A Journal for Jordan. Yes, sir. And, and the Jordan in this is not you, Michael B. Jordan. It's a, it's a, it's a child's name. It's a son's name. And yep. you play uh, Sergeant King, yes. I believe. Tell the people what the, what the movie's about. If you don't so it's a true life story about Charles Monroe King. He was a first sergeant. And uh, he basically wrote a journal to his son while he was at war. Yes. Yeah, he's a beautiful family, man. He wrote a, a journal to his son while he was at war. Um, on how to be a man, all the things and the life lessons that he wanted to tell him just in case he didn't make it back. Now, unfortunately, he didn't make it back from war, but he had that journal. So the movie is basically uh, about, you know, Dana Kennedy, his, uh, his, the love of his life, who, um, who basically, you know, took the journal, wrote a novel, uh, and then we adapted it, turned it into a script. And it's, uh, it's about love. It's about sacrifice. It's about, um, you know, passing on your legacy, pa passing on life lessons. Uh, how to be a, a better person, and how to cherish the people that are around you while you're here, because time waits for anybody, waits for nobody. <clears throat> Especially this last couple of years, I think with the quarantine and the pandemic, I think we all kind of had a, you know, a, 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 a news flash that uh, you have to cherish the moments that you have with the people you care about, because tomorrow isn't promised. One interesting thing about playing this. 
One thing that interests me about playing this is that you're playing a real person, mm -hmm. and uh, I imagine it must be pretty rare as an actor to be able to read the journal of yes. someone. Yes. And uh, that is is that period of time that you're portraying. What did you? What lessons mm. that this man was trying to teach his son stay with you? It's 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 crazy because as you're reading, you're you're really getting into this guy's thoughts, the dates. You know, you can see the dust on you know the dirt from the sand on on some of the pages, and you just kind of like imagine the things that he was going through and what he really wanted to tell his son that he couldn't tell him in person. Where was he stationed, by the way? Uh, he was stationed in uh, Fort Irwin, mm -hmm. um, and, and he he bounced around uh, to a few different bases, well, but but in Afghanistan and and, and Iraq as well. Uh, he, um, one of the biggest lessons and takeaways I think I read from the journal is, um, you know, hmm. It's actually a quote in the movie. It's like, look at your mother, and that'll tell you what I think beautiful is. And I think that is so strong. You know, it's not about, you know, the beauty on the outside, but it's, it's who you are on the inside. Somebody that's going to be kind, somebody that's going to be your friend, somebody that's going to protect your heart, but also somebody who is going to, you know, protect you and build you up. So that was, I thought it was just beautiful because it's something that's really lost nowadays. I think people are so caught up on the outside and what people see, but they get lost in what's really on the inside because that's what's really going to carry you through the hard times. Mm -hmm. yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. It doesn't matter what's on the outside. On the inside, I'm the sexiest man alive. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And that's all that matters. It does. I think, I think you're damn sexy. Thank yeah, you. I got, I got his contact sexy. I got a contact <laughs> sexy right now. More with Michael B. Jordan after this. We're back here with Michael B. Jordan. Now, the film, uh, A Journal for Jordan, is being directed by a young up-and-comer who I think is very promising. He has a bright future. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Named Denzel Washington. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And... <laughs> Who I am an enormous fan with. Talk about sexy, but <laughs> what is what? What did you learn from working with him? Man, so many lessons. He's uh, he is a rehearsal nut. I mean, he loves just rehearsing. He's he a theater, theater guy. guy. Exactly, he's a theater guy. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. So, um, just... do you normally not rehearse? No, we rehearse. We we do, but he's very specific. And one of the quotes that I take with with, with me today is, "The universal stems from the specific." You know, and so just try to get as granular as you can, and from that you will you will relate to everyone, and everybody's going to connect with it once you're specific. And he's very specific. You know, if I'm picking up the cup, it's like, why are you picking up with that hand? I was like, because I'm left-handed. And he was like, well, 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 what if you were right-handed? I said, I'm not, but I'm left. You know. So, but he's very, but he'll ask you the questions just as an exercise, so you make sure you understand and you know the motivations for your actions. So he's he's a he's a genius, man. I learned so much. Does he yell uh, action or on your own time? Whenever you're, whenever you're finding it. On your own time. Really? He's on your own time. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. He very rarely yells action, you know, or cut. You know, he lets the first AD handle that. But he's really he lets you live in your space and you you know take it when you're ready. Now, uh, as director, mm -hmm. um, Denzel Washington has made I'm sure many important choices in making this film. But perhaps the most important choice, which I just found out about today is, and I think the, the audience will appreciate this, he will be including in this film some shots of Michael B. Jordan, but there's some bare mm. Michael B. Jordan. Mm. 
But it was obviously, a, it was a career decision. It was a, it was a, it was a career decision. Okay, good. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, the question <laughs> is, obviously, is this a stunt butt or is this your butt? Because there is such a thing as stunt butt. I do. I do my own stunts. Do my own stunts. That's an exclusive. That's that we just broke that news right here. <laughs> now, uh, you you play a soldier in this, and you spent some time at boot camp yep. to get a sense of like what that experience was like. What what was that experience like for you? Uh, I was at Fort Fort Ir Irwin actually. It was intense. I mean, you know, you're waking up at the crack of dawn. You know, I got a chance to work out with the uh, the, the drill sergeants, really go through the you know a commander platoon. Um, and you, when you have, you know, 50, 60 soldiers looking at you, waiting for your command, and, and, and I mean, every command, they're, they're snapping, you know, to attention. They're, they're, they're executing um, to a T. It's a little intimidating, so you have to work on your big boy voice. You know, you have to work on, you know, <laughs> saying what you mean, because you can't really, like, you know, you can't, you can't be shy. You, you say it with less confidence. They can smell fear. They know. They know when you don't know. You can't say to the they, platoon, at your own speed. No, no, no. Time. Mm -mm, Let's mm -mm. take that hill, but as you guys <laughs> feel it, as you guys feel it. Whenever you feel like getting there, get there. It, it won't work. It won't work. Um, but I think just getting that confidence uh, in, in, um, uh, of, of the platoon uh, was something that I definitely uh, took away and worked on. But it was it was tough. Uh, I got a, a, one last photo here I'd like to share with the audience here, if that's okay. This is you yeah, and uh, your girlfriend, girl. Lori yeah, Harvey, Lori. right yeah, yeah. there. Just celebrated. One year anniversary. The first year yeah. anniversary. And I heard my producer tells me that you told her that this is the first time you've been in love. Mm -hmm. You're 34. <laughs> what have you been in before? <laughs> Lovish. 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 Lo yes. No, man. Well, how is that different? How do you, what, I mean, I know it's a big question, but <laughs> how do you know when you're in love? I think you just know. I think when you start to, uh, Really sacrifice the things you never thought you would when you uh, you compromise on things you never thought you would compromise about, mm -hmm. and uh, and then just time being consistent and that's something that I that I have and I'm, I'm extremely happy with. Mm -hmm. How has it changed you as like a performer? Has it changed you as an actor in any way? I think it it you know for me there's a lot of roles that I've said no to uh, because I didn't feel like I had enough life experience in that area so I couldn't really connect and relate to. Mm -hmm. I think part of the reasons why I took a journal for Jordan is because. I knew what that felt like. You know, I had a piece of what, what love really felt like, what it, what it meant to me. And uh, so, yeah, it gives me, it gives me that, that another layer to kind of pull from when it comes to uh, roles like, you know, uh, uh, First Sergeant Charles King and uh, things of that nature. So, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Smile. Uh, you know, yeah. Well, the film A Journal for Jordan is in theaters on Christmas Day. It's Michael B. Jordan, everybody. This has been The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. Plus. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.